I'm going to introduce myself the NYC way, um, our elevator speech. So my name is Giselle Ayala. I am um, an alumni lead for the Minneapolis Youth Congress. Um, and I'm currently a junior at the University of Minnesota studying mathematics. Um, three things that I am passionate about is my education, my family, and the environment. And something that I bring to the table that others may not is my ability to be very open-minded and understanding. And it's also worth noting, I am one of your hosts for today. So yeah, pass it on to you, Kai. So yeah, I'm also another host of the How We View It podcast. Um, I'm Kai Sanchez Avila. I am an alumni lead slash the media coordinator for MYC. Uh, three things that I'm passionate about would be um, mental health um, within people uh, within POC communities. Um, I guess I'd say journalism, as I have a different perspective than what is typically portrayed, and I guess. In general, music. I'm a really passionate about music, songwriting, and all that. One thing that I would bring to the table that others may not is the fact that I have a, a range of perspective within journalism, I guess. So yeah, um, we can pass it off to Elise if you want to introduce yourself and what what you what you're going to be talking about today. Um, so my name is Elise and I am a freshman or not, oh my god, I'm not a freshman, I'm a sophomore, hello, um, at Roosevelt. And um, so I have a, a couple people from this group that um is together to talk about gaggle and surveillance in the Minneapolis public schools. And yeah, so um Amy, do you wanna introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. So um my name is Amy Gachai. I'm a student uh, at Southwest High School. And then should I do the MYC way or is that good? You can introduce however you'd like. So it's all up to you. We just did it just as an example, but you can introduce yourself however you'd like. Okay, I can do that. So three things I'm passionate about. Um, I'm super into health, specifically reproductive, um, maternal and sexual. Um, I'm really into organizing and activism. Um, I mean, kind of the reason why we're here is because of Elise, Aisha, and I's um, organizing within our schools. And um, I'm super passionate about um, spiritual and mental wellness. Um, so meditation, stuff like that. And then I guess one thing I bring that others might not is that um, I'm super open-minded. I love to talk about things that are weird and things that might not cross other people's minds and bringing new things to conversation. Aisha, do you wanna introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hi, my name is Aisha Graffender. Um, I am a sophomore at Roosevelt High School. And uh, some things that I'm passionate about are equal rights and human rights, um, especially in education. And I am really passionate about um, women's rights. Um, 
specifically like reproductive rights like Amy and yeah. Um, thank you all for being here. Um, would one of you guys be willing to um, uh, elaborate a little more on um, this group that you all formed together? Um, yeah. Um, Elise and Aisha, do we know who started that first big group chat? It was um, Izzy. So basically, um, there's this girl that goes to Roosevelt named Izzy. I can't remember her last name right now, but she created a group chat on Instagram um, of a bunch of people from Roosevelt and other schools across um, Minneapolis. And she had this article attached that was talking about this surveillance tool called Gaggle that is being used in Minneapolis. So she was just bringing it to um, our attention and like letting us know that we're basically being like surveilled <laughs> online. So yeah, do either of you want to say more about it? Um, sure. So we, I actually, uh, actually had a conversation about Gaggle um, a couple days prior to being added to that group chat. Um, in uh, my advisory class, Dare to Be Real. But um, basically, a lot of uh, students in the Minneapolis School District didn't know uh, about Gaggle or what Gaggle was surveilling on their computers. And we sort of just started a group so that we could inform students about it. Yeah, I had read the article actually a couple months ago and being added to that group chat, it was like really validating to just like, hey, there's other people that care about this too. And I had never heard of it before, before um, Izzy added me to the group chat. I literally never even like fathomed <laughs> that there was um, a, like a surveillance on our um, school accounts. So it was totally new information to me. So I was super um, appreciative that it was brought to my attention and to all of these, these other people's attention as well. For sure. Do you guys know if um, the surveillance software was used prior like this year uh, when the pandemic started or is it just something new I guess um it was actually first put in place when we um switched to dif distance learning uh last spring I believe and um they recontracted later on oh uh, okay yeah I mean like being like a I'm not MPS student anymore because um I graduated obviously but like knowing that they do that I mean it's kind of weird I don't know Um, yeah. because of, oh yeah, sorry, Aisha. Go ahead, Elise. Um, I'm pretty sure because of HIPAA, like they have to have some type of, um, surveillance on what we do, but before, um, distance learning, the surveillance was kind of just having a teacher look over your shoulder. Oh, oh okay. yeah, because of SIPA. Yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Could you guys? Could someone like elaborate more on what that is? Uh, SIPA is the Child Inter Children's 
Internet Protection Act. And basically, it's put in place so that schools um, are required to have some sort of protection online for their students so they can't like have access to inappropriate or harmful websites or information or documents um, on their school accounts. And the guidelines are pretty loose. Um, so it, it really depends on how the school interprets it uh, to follow the guidelines of SIPA. So like Elise said, before distance learning, it was just teachers as moderators. And of course, there were district officials who um, could set up a firewall on our school accounts. And now, um, since all of our classes are online, uh, there's obviously a need for more protection than having a teacher moderate your activity. So they, they contracted Gaggle um, to be able to like monitor students and make sure they're being safe on their school accounts. This is actually super interesting to me because, um, yeah, I also, I graduated high school two years ago. So that's weird in itself seeing this like come into play. Um, I also didn't go to Minneapolis public school, but they did summer similar things but they would always communicate it to students and what I'm hearing is that you guys weren't like students weren't communicated that this was happening and it was just kind of like behind the scenes kind of hidden away or how would you would you agree with that or no um yeah so actually the head of safety and security for the district told me that um they that a lot of um principals in for the schools wanted to handle this information themselves instead of having a press release from the district informing everybody what they're doing with Gaggle. Um, so instead separate schools wanted to handle it themselves, but the district did send packets of information about Gaggle to each school and it was up to the schools to spread that information. So it really depends on what school you were at um, to see how much information you got about Gaggle. And some students received emails at the beginning of distance learning when we were transitioning last year. I remember receiving an email, but it wasn't an informative email at all. I barely understood it and it didn't say anything about what Gaggle monitors and what exactly they do. Um, so some, some students had never heard of it. Some students had gotten the email. Um, so it was really varying degrees of knowledge about it. Yeah, I think the general consensus among the high school community is like, what is Gaggle? And I know Southwest, I think like a week ago after like pressure from students, uh, there was an addendum uh, in an email from our principal saying, you know, Gaggle's watching, so be careful. And what an awful way to say that or like inform students that they're being surveilled. That just, honestly, to me, that sounds like from a movie. I mean, like, wow, that's just, I don't know. In itself, I just don't think that's right. Yeah, it sounds like a threat. It, it, yeah, I don't. It really know. does. And it's worse because it was attached to uh, the notice of one, uh, a fellow peer's death. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just. It's so weird. 
Oh gosh. So many layers to this. So I had, when Elise brought this up to the Minneapolis Youth Congress, she kind of um, talked a little bit about how this is damaging or like what the repercussions could come from this. Obviously, I, I don't know if it comes with like ill intentions. Obviously, supposedly this is supposed to be some like a software to help students kind of stay safe in, from the internet as what they're promoting or marketing it as, but they're obviously not doing that or well enough. So I think, how would you guys, what would you guys say are some of the repercussions that come with this? I definitely agree. I think Gaggle was intended to have a positive effect. Um, they're meant to keep students safe. And I feel like the main issue is with school administration um, and how they handle the flags they receive from Gaggle. So that, that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, um, I agree with Asia. When the Minneapolis Public School contracted with Gaggle, I don't think at all that they had ill intentions, but um, I agree with Asia that what needs to change is how the administration um, like approaches situations where Gaggle um, flags certain words. So it's less an issue with gaggle and more an issue with um, administration and counselors and teachers and other um, mandated reporters. Yeah, adding on to Asia and Elise, um, I'd say the one one of the most negative things about gaggle itself is that it can report directly to police um, without like needing school communication. But otherwise, it's um, a lot of the words it flags. Um, are revolve around like LGBTQ plus uh, topics or words like that, that gaggle associates with bullying, but through that, like those flags can negatively impact those students. And um, uh, Elise and Aisha back me up, but I know that there's been a lot of stories of students being outed or parents uh, being told things by counselors that are just kind of inappropriate and unconsensual. Yeah, definitely. Um, but also, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, with their contract with MPS, Gaggle can't directly call the police. I think they wrote it out in their contract. So that's not the case for um, our district, but for, other, for, for some other schools, Gaggle can directly contact the police without going through anybody else. Yeah, um, but even then, if a counselor, so the, I'm pretty sure, um, remind me if I'm wrong, Asia, because you know the most about this topic, but like gaggle flags something and then it's brought to a counselor. Um, so from then, from there, a counselor could call a police if they feel like it's necessary. Yeah, the process that it goes through is the gaggle AI um, monitoring, monitoring everything and then it goes to a moderator from Gaggle and then to school administration. And since um, the school administration and all staff at the school are mandated reporters, they technically, they are um, bound under law 
to either calling the police or telling parents if if a student is at harm or at the risk of harm. Wow. Um, it's like, I guess my question or comment to this, uh, like to what extent does like a student really have like any privacy at all? Like, I mean, I don't even know what I'm trying to say <laughs> at this point, but like just a concern about privacy is a big like thing for me, or I don't know. Yeah, so basically, um, oh, sorry, are you done? Oh no, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. So basically, any um, anything connected to G Suite on um, our school accounts is monitored. So like your um, Google Docs, your Google Slides, your Google Forms, um, anything that's Google basically is monitored at least on the MPS um, accounts. Yeah, and so that was that was um, that was happening before. Uh, the school district had asked access to all that information before it wasn't just being well now it's being come through by gaggles AI like all of it instead of a moderator looking at what website did you look at today or what did you write in this recent document but in the past like obviously our school accounts belong to the school and they're not really ours but there is like a lack of privacy anyways. Um, another thing that's also monitored is any like photos that are in the G Suite um, things. So yeah. This is definitely interesting to hear from like you guys and how it's affecting you as students and as like obviously apart from being students you guys are um, individuals and like you aren't a f well you are you're a student you're a full-time student but you're hmm, how do I say this you have a person you have the you have a personal life so I, I don't understand why why it's so much monitoring I guess and I don't think students know that they're being monitored like that. Like I know many students will sign up for social media accounts or use their email for personal things without um, the explicit knowledge that the school can see like whatever it says in that like subject line or whatever the email says. I feel, yeah, I agree with you, Amy. I feel like there's a huge lack of knowledge about students even being monitored in the first place, like throughout the district. Yeah, before I knew about this all, I used my school account for almost everything. And it's kind of hard to separate yourself from your school account just because like school is so much of your life that I've even gotten in the habit of just using my school account for things, but I need to like stop myself now because I just feel like uncomfortable now using it for anything other than school. And to add on to that, um, I know, for example, at the high school level, we're expected to kind of add a certain depth to our writing and our work. And 
I mean, I personally don't feel like I can put personal, write about personal topics or discuss um, things that are like intimate to me because who knows if Gaggle's going to flag it. And maybe there's things I don't want my parents to know that I want to express through my schoolwork. And that's disappointing. That is a very valid point. Um, just like, especially like for me, it was like in English classes when I really like, like to express myself like there were a lot of times where the topic was kind of explicit and I mean thinking about gaggle now and like things that I would write I mean I would probably get flagged for like the dumbest reason ever but yeah that's a very valid point honey and then it all um like what was what Amy was saying, it all falls on like the counselor to determine whether they're going to contact that parent or not, which is why we want to hold um, the administration accountable. And a lot of these things that we've been told have been flagged, like they're not necessarily things that a parent desperately needs to know. It's it would be so much more productive to have a conversation with a student before. Like if you're in trouble at school, the first thing they're going to do is talk to you, ask you like what happened, get your side of the story, and then they'll call your parents. And I think the same thing should apply to Gaggle. Yes. Um, I mean, even just like thinking about like building community, it's like, it's like, get it the counselor is uh, contacted first and then the counselor contacts your parent first rather than you. It's kind of like that lack of trust, I feel like, between the counselors and the students, which I don't like, there needs to be trust in order for like the counselor's job to be able to be done well. I mean, um, but then there's that and it just kind of like breaks everything and it just messes everything up. So I don't know, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah, it seems crazy to me that there are no policies or guidelines in place for the social workers or counselors or any school administration to handle uh, flags from Gaggle. Like, there's just nothing there that's constructive to help support the staff in what they need to do to keep the students' interest, best interests in mind. So diverting a little bit away, um, how would you guys feel about going back to, well, this is like a really far away thought, but like going back to in-present classes and then do you guys know if that gaggle would still be implemented? Because is it like you mentioned it's off a contract, so would it go past um, it, it wouldn't, the, the district is able to um, cancel the contract whenever they want to. It, the contract is basically just a fixed rate over three years that they can stop at any time. And um, Jason Matlock told me that they are um, thinking that they, or they're possibly um, going to stop using Gaggle once we transition back to in-present classes. Do you guys know when, like, once the 
estimated time that you guys would go back to in person or is there no like times time frame set yet not for high schoolers um but for younger students um i think it's like february 18th it's all very loose right now but i mean teachers are getting vaccines and they really want elementary school students to get back in school but regardless of if some, I mean, even if some students go back, I don't think all will. So Gaggle will be around for sure. Yeah, even then, like in the fall, depending on how many vaccines are out and the COVID rates um, in the country in general, like we don't know if we will even be all in person. So it could even still be in place um, into like next fall. This is so interesting. It sounds like it comes out of like a Black Mirror episode, but like you guys are really living through it. Yeah, I don't know. This whole year feels like it's, and this last year has feels like it feels like it's coming out of a Black Mirror episode. And like distance learning is already like really uncomfortable and just you're in front of a screen all the time and to know that you're being like surveilled for everything you say, that's just like the cherry on top. Yeah, everything's so crazy. Like, I don't know. I never imagined any of us would like have to live through anything like this. I mean, most people think that, but still it's, it's still way out of like my mind. Like it's crazy. You know, never in my life would I think <laughs> that I would be like doing school online and living through a pandemic. Like I never would have thought that even a year ago. It's insane. It really is. Everything happened so quick. I remember like when everything started to shut down, I was, was like, I was in spring break and then I, I never went back to school after spring break. So very extended spring break I had last semester or last year, I mean. Yeah, it's so crazy getting to hear like the, the stories of, our, of everyone who were like, this was my last day before like the, quarantine shut down and everything kind of like went crazy and I remember I was yeah real quick I'm going to tell my story I remember I was uh at the student diversity inclusion like offices with like a couple friends and we were just talking we were laughing we're like there's no way like St. Thomas is going to shut down like they don't even shut down for anything like they're not going to close down and we were laughing because the U of M was uh, like the Star Tribune had posted that the U of M was going to shut down because of COVID and that they ha already had COVID cases and stuff like that. And I was like, there's no way St. Thomas is going to shut down. And then a couple hours later, they, they released their email saying like, after April 14th, we might come back. Who knows? And that's the last time I was on campus, which really sucks. Do you guys want to share a little bit about the last day you guys had in-person classes? how that felt and everything? 
Um, yeah, so at Roosevelt, the last day, I can't even remember what day it was, but it was in March and um, there were like half of the people there and I was there because I was like, oh, okay, it's whatever. Like, I'm just gonna go to class, it's fine. And like nobody was there, <laughs> like maybe like half of the students were there. And I just remember walking through the halls and seeing it so empty. It was so strange. Um, yeah, and so like one of my classes, I was one of three students there. Um, it was it was honestly depressing, and I never thought that I would that we'd be out that long. I thought that we were gonna come back at least for like the end of the last quarter, but we we never did. <laughs> Um, funny thing, I was looking through some old emails uh, from our principal to try to find some stuff and just seeing like, think of it as an extended spring break, like we'll be back uh, by April and it's just like, where are we now? Um, but yeah, adding on to what Elise said, the last day was so like, our, uh, our, sophomore biology classes watched um this movie um I think it's called pandemic and it was like surreal like we were like freaking out because we were worried that that would happen here like that COVID was the like super deadly virus in that movie and it just feels crazy that like like we're living through a movie like we're living in a movie it feels like Yeah, things definitely feel really crazy right now. But I actually wasn't there for the last day of school. My dad pulled my sister and I out early. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, I really thought, I don't know. I mean, I had hope back then that we would like this year, this school year, we were going to start off like in person or whatever, because the people in charge are going to figure everything out, but damn, um, we're, it's spring, it's, it's spring semester for me, and, and we're still online, and it's so annoying, honestly. It's, yeah. Yeah, I think I realized by June, I was, I was hopeful that we were going to be back in the, in the fall, but I realized by June, I was like, with what's going on right now, and with our president, and with just Americans in general <laughs> I'm like we're not gonna be back anytime soon so it was kind of heartbreaking to just like realize that this is gonna be our lives for another while you know yeah and then I I mean I've seen on the news that like other countries have already got their stuff together and have already reopened I'm like what it's crazy I want to I want to be there. I want to live my normal life and, you know, but that's not the case in the U.S. What's really interesting about the U.S. is that, um, like in a lot of other countries, um, a lot of things that stay open are like, you know, grocery stores, um, hospitals, and then schools. But in the U.S., when our schools are closed, we still have like the Mall of America open and other retail stores um, and restaurants. So I think it's really interesting seeing the United States um, priorities and what is open and what isn't. 
And just like people are like, there's some people who have been like super like genuine about their quarantining and isolation. And then there's others who are like on vacation and hanging out with friends. And it it's like COVID is only like wearing a mask. And it's just like, it's frustrating. I felt like it's crazy amount of isolation. Um, and I still do. Luckily, it's, it's a little better because I have sports now. But even then, um, yeah, I agree with Amy. Like some people just see it as wearing a mask instead of being isolated from others. They, like they don't, they complain about wearing a mask, but they haven't felt the isolation that quarantining can bring. So yeah, it's, it's not good. And especially for student mental health, being away from school this long. I know has affected a lot of students. And they don't even wear their masks right. Oh my God, yes. It's so annoying when you see people in the stores that like, they have their mask on, but it's just covering their mouth, but not their nose. I'm like, like people, it's crazy. And it's so scary too now that we have those new variants that are like more contagious. like. Okay, they're recommending like double layered masks and it's like you can get you can barely get people to wear one like <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really scary how just people don't want to listen so now we're just it's getting worse and worse slowly but surely it is and that instead of getting better it's getting worse and that's that's where everything is declining. I guess I'd ask you guys, since Elise, you brought up mental health, how are you guys taking care of your mental health being away from school and kind of like being going through quarantine or like isolation and stuff like that? How are you guys taking care of your mental health as students? Um, I personally, and not somebody that like prioritizes my mental health and that's like really bad but that's just like it in like my mind and I don't like that it's this way but I always prioritize other things first so I've had to um intentionally like put my mental health first which was like a new experience for me um I think something that helped a lot was doing sports in the fall and um in the winter now um being able to see people like most days um and it's outside so it's so much more safe than being in a gym but that has helped a lot um and especially just staying active and like I said being outside in the outdoors outside in the outdoors um <laughs> being outside has helped a lot um yeah Elise just totally stole everything I was gonna say like I'm exactly the same. I preach mental health to everybody else. I'm like, take care of yourself. And I'm super interested in psychology and like ways to improve your life. And it's just, it never happens. So um, I guess one thing though, just like, I don't know, spiritual isn't the right word, um, but maybe like mindfulness, um, just being mindful and being like connected with like knowing myself and connecting with myself and saying like what are my needs right now like is it is it really like cramming in the middle of the night or is it 
going to sleep or is it doom scrolling or is it going outside? So just, yeah, connecting with myself. Yeah, I agree with both of you, Elise said everything that I was going to say, but I agree with her also, like sports really helped me in the fall to like feel better and not like feel all depressed and sad that we weren't going to be in school and stuff like that. Um, especially with like doing school now, um, distant, like with the distance learning, um, I've learned a lot about myself and like what I need to de-stress and um, different methods of de-stressing. Um, that's been super, super helpful and just kind of like figuring out what works for me and what doesn't and what I need sometimes um, and I'm able to identify when I like need to step back and be like, okay, we're not gonna like do this assignment right now. We have to like take a break, take a breather. So that's been actually really helpful. And I'm hoping that this experience will maybe help in the future a little bit, like knowing what I need for myself. I remember we were talking earlier about like, just being like on our like screens and like, it's always just school, but like it really like it can feel like school is your entire life because it's not just school. It's like homework and extracurriculars and Zoom meetings. And it's just like, like, I don't know. I look at my screen time and it's it's like it's scary. Um, but I would say like, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, everything Elise says. Everything Elisa has, has been really like, is really true. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. I can relate to what all of you said. I mean, do you like, like trying to have a good mental health? It's been hard, especially like just staring at a screen all day. Like being a college student and I have it's Zoom meetings after Zoom meetings. It's so exhausting. And I don't know if I could do this for the rest of like my life. I wouldn't, but it's it's been hard taking care of my mental health too. Um, but definitely what Elise said, taking breaks does help. Um, I've done that and it really like, really helps. Have you done anything, Kai, in specific that has helped you with your mental health? Well, I'm not really a sports person like everybody else here, but I am, like I mentioned, a writer. So I like journaling really does help. Drawing, I got, I've gotten into drawing, which surprisingly I enjoy a lot more than I thought I did. So I think doing more creative stuff does help when I'm like feeling the dread of like going to another Zoom class or another like Zoom meeting. So a finding creative outlet for me has worked, but sports, but I do hear sports and exercise does also work. So I should try that out. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually did a um, summer program with Melissa from uh, NYC 
and it was doing like art therapy and journaling, which helps that, oh my gosh, it's helped me so much. I never knew how badly I needed to journal. Um, so now it's like, it's a regular habit of mine to journal a couple of times a week and just kind of like let all my feelings on paper, even if it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, it's just, it's amazing to journal and find like, yeah, like you said, Kai, a creative outlet to kind of just like blah all my emotions on the paper. Giselle, do you have any other questions left for them? Um, I don't think I have any other questions. It was very, it was very nice hearing you all. Yeah, it is. Um, I guess like since me and Giselle don't have any questions, do you guys have anything else you guys want to bring up or talk about or anything related? Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. I'd love to restress just like how much gaggle, like the students, how much uh, the students who have been flagged and whose parents have been contacted, how much gaggle has impacted them. I mean, we have, I know at least one of the stories from our Google form, like um, the person was talking about like her relationship with her parents would be impacted forever. And it's just like, it hurts to hear, you know, and it's just like, like, what are we doing to prevent that from happening again? Kind of adding on to what Amy said, like pressing the administration to um, kind of like make different, what are the, what are the words? Like a procedure for what, for house counselors and other mandated, re mandated reporters um, like deal with situations where something is flagged by gaggle. So holding them accountable to um, make policies for how um, these things are dealt with so that situations that have happened before, like what Amy was mentioning, never happen again. Here's something that I'm wondering, um, do you guys have any like resources we could possibly like um, distribute on, um, on social media or anything to like help inform the public? Yeah, if you guys have anything um, like any, because I know Elise, you sent like a Google form for Minneapolis public students. If you're still doing that, we can link it, find some way to share it out. Or if you guys are having like an Instagram or anything like that, we can definitely do that. I know we've been talking a little bit about making some graphics. I mean, I know the for our first like um, community meeting, we posted those on my account, but um, I'm sure Elise can let you know if we end up doing more. Yeah, um, if anything happens, I'll definitely let you guys know in the greater MYC group as well. Okay, cool. Then I think if you guys have, don't have anything else to add on, we we definitely thank you for enlightening us on this topic since we are out of touch with Minneapolis Public Schools. It's definitely interesting, like I mentioned, to hear directly from you guys 
And this is definitely something that does need to be brought up and talked about, especially if not everybody even knows about it. So. Yes, um, I would like to like reiterate, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on a Zoom meeting and just like talk about this issue. Um, It's definitely an important one um, and that not a lot of people know about. So I'm super proud of you all for the work that you guys are doing. Um, Yeah, um, I'm glad I had this conversation. I learned a lot. So thank you guys for that. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting us on. Yeah, this is an amazing opportunity. Yeah, thank you so, so, so much. Yeah, this is really great. Thank you guys for the opportunity. So as a podcast, um, I mean, I don't know. Um, Do you have anything else to say, Kai? Or anything you wanted to add on? I think, yeah, like you said, this is the wrap. We're wrapping up the episode. Thank you. and yeah, thank you for joining us on this episode. Hope, we're hoping to talk about some other topics coming up next. I don't know what's what's another one. We're going to be talking about mental health. Um, someone brought up mental health and outdoors. Um, climate change. Climate change. Big yeah. One. So um, we're excited for more podcast episodes. For sure. Um, yeah. Thanks. This is a wrap, y'all. Thank you.